Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. This week, we're joined by Horror Movie Night co-host Kyle Kukta to discuss Orgy, an industrial new metal band that rose to fame thanks to a questionable cover of New Order's 1983 classic, Blue Monday. Was Kyle right to ask his parents for an Orgy poster for Christmas? Or did his middle school newspaper make the right call in simply referring to them as the opening band on the 1998 Family Values Tour? Stay tuned to see how we feel. Tell me now, how do I feel? Hey Kyle, welcome to One Hit Thunder. I hear you all the time on Horror Movie Night, so we're finally meeting, but 
I kind of wish we were meeting under different circumstances. You are here to talk about Orgy Blue Monday, and I got to ask you, man, why? <laughs> There's only one reason. Okay. There's only one all reason, right. and when I was reflecting upon it, uh, well, well, first off, thank you, and I listen to you guys all the time. Well, I listen to Matt, no matter what. He's in my head, yep. in my dreams, in my nightmares. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, but, but I'm a big fan of your show, and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, and listen, I, I picked this song i picked this band mm-hmm. really um because i i was it was formative for me at a time where i w- was just starting to line my bedroom walls with music posters and i wanted a, a god smack one and i wanted a rob zombie one and i asked for christmas for an orgy poster <laughs> i put it literally in my christmas list without understanding that orgy <laughs> had a different meaning i just knew them strictly as the band orgy so when i want an orgy when poster my, when i asked my parents for an orgy poster i knew better i linked them to the poster that i found online that i wanted but i just imagined their faces uh when i asked for such a thing uh and you know what i fucking had that they got it for me nice. for christmas so, Bless them. so i have a similar story to not wanting an orgy poster but when this album came out, we'll get into it. The formation of this band doesn't make a ton of sense to me because it says that they formed in 1994, but then their first show was in 1998 after they had gotten signed, so I couldn't really figure out how that worked out. But pretty much they played a radio station event and then immediately was on the first Family Values tour. Yeah. So 1998, I am in sixth grade, and I'm a little music nerd. So, of course... I joined the school newspaper to do CD reviews. Now, I joined the school newspaper to primarily review DC Talk and Five Iron Frenzy releases that no one cared about. It's your evangelism. Yeah, but there was another kid who was trying to do concert reviews. So he went and he went to the Family Values Tour and he wrote a review about the Family Values Tour. And again, we're in sixth, sixth and seventh grade. We don't know what an orgy is so we were trying to figure out why the school newspaper editor the teacher in charge of everything changed his article to just refer to them as the opening band but never saying who they were throughout the entire article so yeah no it was definitely a a name that meant nothing to middle schoolers that loved this band so much that's right (laughs) that's right and i like i you know i i sought the album out and I, i it wasn't a heavy rotation necessarily for me but you know, because uh, you're of course referring to their album Candy Ass. Candy that Ass that was in which, in, apparently yeah. inspired by a drag queen that they met. Yeah, you know who <laughs> the fuck? I don't know. I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I just I, I I've later in my life I got that Family Values tour VHS that came from that first. Uh, and you know, no, I don't think there was any songs off of Candy Ass that were even on that tape. Probably so not. I, it, it's the whole band's been a disappointment from the jump for me. Um, <laughs> That poster didn't I didn't deserve any rent, you know, in my fucking bedroom. Look, but you know, what are you gonna do? I know that Chris has got some mixed feelings on us doing this episode, but there is, and we'll get there. There is one part of the orgy story that is the most satisfyingly depressing thing I've ever read in my entire researching of any band. That I am so excited for us to get to. But yes, let's start in the beginning. Band formed in 1994. They were not new to music. Uh, their guitarist 
originally played in some 80s hair metal bands. Their drummer was in the Electric Love Hogs. And the vocalist produced Cole Chambers' debut album all before Orgy found Jonathan Davis. And he was like, you're going to be the first band I signed to this label that Reprise Records is giving me. Uh, and thus, Orgy's Candy Ass began getting recorded. <laughs> so interesting. And the Electric Love Hogs was the band with John Feldman from Goldfinger. Yes. <laughs> and which I've, I've never heard the band. But so basically, Jonathan Davis rounded up a bunch of ringers, guys who played <laughs> in other bands and formed yeah. a band. And you know what? This band sounds exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. so, well, if if this band was supposedly formed in '94, but it took this long, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of like you know they had other pro- they were in the studio for other musicians or they were right. producing other shit that they could not. They were technically a band ready to make something, but it took them four years. Look, and one thing that I learned very quickly while it reading up on like this, <laughs> one thing I learned very quickly reading up on this band was only one member of the band was really invested. In the band. By the right. second album, they were all doing different side projects. No kidding. No kidding, well, dude. It is it is a real one-and-done band, it feels like. And I understand that there may be questions of its authenticity to belong here on, on One Hit Thunder, which, which I understand. No, no, so, it's Chris, legit. It's legit. So, Chris, what the fuck's your yeah, problem? No, no. <laughs> I think it's legit for us to be covering this. I guess I, my joke about like why at the beginning was just more like, ah, oh, this is bad. Like yeah. so, yeah. this is gonna be the biggest compliment I'm gonna give the band Orgy. Not to spoil the blunder thunder portion of the show. Yeah, Orgy's a bad band. I actually don't think that this is a bad cover but, of the song. Ah, ah, can I argue with you about that? Well, so I want to. I want to. I want to read something because there is the biggest piece of irony I've read today. So. Here's what I'll say about the song. According to the band, for starters, they said that they really wanted to do the original Blue Monday justice, and they expected that they would get a lot more criticism than they actually did. They went on to say that they felt lucky to have covered it, and that felt like it could have that it felt like something that they would have written. And a lot of critics agreed with them. One person who very vocally disagreed with them was Buck Cherry's Josh Todd, <laughs> who in his Spin Magazine interview said. All this song sounds like is a mechanical Nine Inch Nails ripoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that's what gravi—that's what gravitated me towards the band. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's all I wanted. Um, okay, this band is the most boring uh, version of Nine Inch Nails possible. That's my problem with them. It's just so boring. I listen to the whole. It is mind-numbingly boring as this cover is. Dude, the original is badass. The original of this song is so good. It's so futuristic. And what's crazy about it is I was trying to find the right way to put this, to to express my feelings about this song. What I said that, you know, when you cover a song, you put your own spin on it, or you do a cooler version, you try your best to make the song even better. You certainly don't do a worse version of the song. But I couldn't really explain at first why this was worse. But then, but then, I saw a quote from Ed Simons of the Chemical Brothers, who had teamed up in the 90s with Bernard Sumner from New Order on the song Out of Control. And here is what Ed from the Chemical Brothers said about it in this completely summed up exactly what I was having a hard time finding the words to say. He said, what is that? 
Blue Monday is one of the most futuristic records ever, and it still sounds like that. It seems to be a record that doesn't need covering, especially because I've heard the remake and it didn't need covering by that band. Atrocious. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more because, dude, that's the original New Order song is from 1983 and it still sounds great and what is so cool about it is well what's cool about the vocal delivery in it is that it's almost like a monotone robotic moody delivery of the vocal and what's cool about it is that it doesn't go to that place where orgy takes it that's very unnecessary it doesn't need to come up there some songs need that they need those peaks and valleys this song did not need this this song was a mood and orgy is not a mood orgy is a radio <laughs> rock like generic version of marilyn manson that's i, I think that that's the nine that inch nails is bad. not yeah nine inch nails is not the appropriate comparison they are they are drinking from the goblet that is Marilyn Manson mm -hmm. 100 percent mm -hmm. in every element of this song and look I I owned candy ass and I think even at the time that I bought candy ass I was like I don't know about this <laughs> which which for for a seventh grader is pretty prescient because a seventh grader loves fucking anything that you put in front of them no doubt, no <laughs> but, doubt. You, you try, you're trying to find your way, so you love everything yeah. or vehemently hate a couple things. Yeah, like but, you've chosen a couple things to really hate, but you love everything else, and then it just sort of sifts through. Candy ass fell through pretty quickly on my end. Uh, as soon as that poster came in, it was all downhill from there. Um, but which I, some, you know what? I put up on my Etsy store, and somebody bought it like within two weeks. Nice. So some other, some other fifth, sixth grader is very happy to. To own an orgy poster. Is that still, still how yeah. that works? Is it cool? Is orgy yeah, it's, cool? It's cool to have an orgy poster, I'm sure. Well, actually, no, it's very much not cool to be an orgy fan because I'm going to get to the fact that I was talking about. So the band released albums until 2005, and then they went on a seven-year hiatus. This yeah. was due to all of the other members having multiple side projects. Did anybody um, have a side project that was worth noting? Nope. <laughs> okay. um, eventually, you. the only remaining member was the lead singer, Jay Gordon, and he decided to reform the band under a new name. In 2013, they launched an Indiegogo campaign to record a brand new album. And they set their goal at $100,000 to record their next feature-length album. And the campaign ended with them raising $8,739, falling 92% shy of their original asking goal. That's how many people fell off after they bought candy ass in 1998 holy shit i got to say i feel i am talking mad shit right now but i came into this with an open mind i didn't know much about orgy i knew they had that song stitches and yes, that mm -hmm. was like their minor follow-up that didn't cross over out and of the rock radio. That was definitely in a movie that we watched for Horror Movie Night, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm almost positive. I can't remember which one, but I'm positive <laughs> it was. And it's like... And I think I chose it. It's like the visuals in the music videos are like almost cool <laughs> like right. it's like almost there but it's like it's like the band themselves it's like everything about the music video is cool except the band themselves look like kids getting dressed up for a school talent show to do <laughs> like to look like a rock band or something it's very mm -hmm. strange i came into this with an open mind thinking not knowing much about orgy and thinking that maybe they were more in the world of the killers than they were sure new metal 
and they are do- yeah. they are not. They are way no, more in the no. world of new metal. Well, then I, there's other bands that I realize that I ended up liking as I grew up that I don't think I don't necessarily think that they have their roots in Orgy by any means, but like a band like The Faint, which is a little a great band, a little dancier. Uh, but still like sort of that industrious dance and glam in some ways. And it's like, I want that. Like that's the, that's actually the thing I want that orgy was not giving me. Orgy was when you said radio rock, it's like, that's for sure it. Like that is, it's as industrial as radio rock can get while still being shitty. (laughs) And like, I listened to the album again for the, for, for this. And I mean, the first two songs i'm like reminiscent and like Mm -hmm. nostalgic for i'm like yes like but then i realized i must have only listened to those two songs (laughs) blue monday and i think a song called gender which is somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. um and like the rest of it i had no recollection of so clearly i talked a big game if anybody's listened to horror movie night they know that that is my fucking mo it was talking a big game from maybe nine years old to 15 <laughs> um, so orgy was uh, a Kyle, victim of that p- i was a victim of orgy i don't know yeah kyle i want to point out that gender is the track right after blue monday so i feel like you listened to the first two tracks and then you walked away while blue monday was playing a couple times and gender started playing mm, and you're like i remember playing. this song yeah 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 and so and they're really you're they're not great tracks they're not stitches <laughs> is fine but i loved blue monday man i loved it it just fit everything that i wanted but at I get that what time chris, in my life <laughs> look i get what chris is saying though at the same time because like this is you could do a worse cover of blue monday for mm-hmm. sure but i don't think like Blue Monday, the song itself is such a good song that like, yes, obviously if your first experience hearing that song is this version of it, that you're going to be like, fuck yeah, this song's great because it's a great song that they're working off of to begin yeah. with. But well, then eventually you do go and listen to the original version and you're like, oh, this is better. Yes, like, this is dude. so much better. And also yeah. it was futuristic in 1983. It sounded so great in 1983 that like... <laughs> That was only 14 years prior to that, and the song still sounded great. Like, sonically, yeah. it still sounded great. And them picking the, the getting all like, you know, yelling, the how does it feel? You're missing the point. The point. You're missing yeah. the mood of the song. And that, that's what drives me crazy about this is. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can categorically tell you that my fandom of Orgy's version of Blue Monday was very short lived because this song came out. This was the first time I'd ever heard this song, the, mm-hmm. the song Blue Monday. I was like, oh, I'm not really into industrial that much, but I, this is I'm kind of digging this. And then like probably a month later. The Wedding Singer came out and I bought the Wedding Singer soundtrack that has the New Order version of Blue Monday on it. And I was like, oh, this is an astronomically better (laughs) version of Mm -hmm. this song. And then I did not really think about the Orgy song again outside of like when I'm watching something like Not Another Teen Movie and it shows up on like the football scene in that movie or like, you know, like the, the song would pop up in things and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was a band. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hi friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. I feel like we're starting to get mean. Okay, and, <laughs> and I'll talk about gender. again. I mean, these Look. people, they, they, they might be nice <laughs> people, but I really gave it a solid shot. I watched a live. Yeah. One of the first things when you, I, I looked up live, there's a whole concert It's from like the time that they were they were hitting hard. And it was just so it was so annoying. And the songs were so boring. It was like they came out. They had this light box behind them maybe it said orgy and they came out and they had you know looking all wild you know look looking like they look and the bass player like they came out and the crowd's cheering and he like had his bass like he's holding it so it's standing straight up and he's just like staring at the crowd and i'm like okay well maybe this is their thing they're trying to be like corn i could imagine corn doing that well corn signed them that's right. i mean that's yeah, I the, the but, starting point but, there yeah but then it's like okay well maybe they're like they are a mood. Maybe they're moody. And then the then the singer comes out and he's like, "Make some fucking noise, everybody!" I'm like, Jesus, would you pick a lane? What are <laughs> what are you guys? What is your style? Right. What is? Right. I didn't even understand their like look. Like if you were yeah. going for like a Marilyn Manson thing, you didn't go far enough. You just like put on a little bit of makeup and spiked your hair like, and and dressed like you went to Hot Topic. Hot Topic probably didn't exist yet. But No, Hot Topic be- existed. Hot to- as a kid in the nine in 1998, Hot okay. Topic definitely existed. All right. All right. Well, they look they look like Hot Topic in the 90s. You're absolutely right though about their look because when I sat down to watch the video for Blue Monday, I definitely remember in my brain I'm like these guys looked like Static X and like Power Man 5000 or Mudvayne where it was like tons of makeup. Like, and then I'm like, this is like some eyeliner and like a little bit of 
of some like baby powder <laughs> thrown on their face to make them look a little paler. Like it wasn't what my memory was. I definitely remembered them looking way more extreme than they actually were. Yeah. And I a don't, million percent. I don't get what this isn't just on orgy. This is on there was a lot of bands at this time where like it would be this weird metal, but like with a very monotone droney singing style over top of it. Like it mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain what I'm talking about, but like this same year, a, a movie that I liked at the time, I can't promise that it was a good album. Um, but, uh, or a good movie, but Dead Man on Campus came out. Have either mm-hmm. of you ever seen Dead Man on Campus with no, uh, actually, Zach I Morris? Just, no, but I just <laughs> looked at a list of movies that I want to watch and Dead Man on Campus is on there. So very sh- long story short, the, the concept of Dead Man on Campus, it was one of the first MTV movies. It's about two guys who party too hard their freshman year of college, realize that they're about to flunk out and find out that their school has a rule where if your roommate commits suicide, the school will give you straight A's for that semester. Uh, and since it's a three-person room, they decide to move their current roommate, Jason Siegel, out of their room and try to find the most depressed kid on campus to move in and try to push him to kill himself so that they can get their A's. It's a horrifically outdated, not-aged-well movie whatsoever. <laughs> but one of the kids no. that they, they bring in is this depressed industrial new metal musician who sings exactly like this. And like the song that he's playing is a song called sperm. And I swear (laughs) it was like, they were like, we got to do an orgy parody. Like it sounds so much like orgies blue Monday. This last one is called sperm. There's no way that they weren't directly parodying Orgy's cover of Blue Monday with the sound that they gave this band. Well, that's what I think. It's just such a – this goes along with what we're all saying. It's just such a of-its-time flash-in-the-pan scenario, right? Like, it's just – and that's why, why to me, it's like it doesn't surprise me that it only charted at that, like, time, but it also doesn't surprise me that it's a song that – we all remember and can talk about in some capacity because like it's stuck and it was played in all the right places for us to know about it or remember it or to have it jog our memory. Let's take a second to look at what was happening on the top 10 when this thing was peaking at 56. So this thing peaked at 56 on April 24th, 1999. My birthday, my Um, 19th birthday. (laughs) There you go. So on your 19th birthday, here's some of the songs that were in the top 10. For you. Number 10, Goo Goo Dolls Slide. Uh, Number nine, past song that we discussed on the podcast, Say La Vie by Bewitched. Uh, Number eight, Angel of Mine by Monica. Uh, Number five, another song we've talked about on this show, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely like these top three, actually. Number three was Sugar Ray's Every Morning. Number two was Cher's Believe. And number one was TLC's No Scrubs. (laughs) And like... I could see why why Orgy's weird, like, we're kind of like what Cher's doing, but rock sound like. <laughs> well, <laughs> like yeah. This style, man, it sounds manufactured. Yeah. It's boring. It's emotionless. 
there's no I don't How does it feel, Chris? It, this is how it feels is there were there were people doing the industrial music of the 90s, Nine Inch Nails being at the pinnacle of that and even Marilyn Manson to a certain extent. Marilyn Manson not being anywhere near as Nine Inch near as good as Nine Inch Nails, but mm-hmm. at least with Marilyn Manson it was interesting. It was theatrical. It was whatever. Yeah. And of course, we're putting aside him being a huge piece of shit in recent, Correct. you know, yeah. the, the revelations in recent years. But I, like, it's the same thing you could say about any style of music. Why make, if you're going to make music, why make something that's so lesser of that mm-hmm. style? Why not strive? And I say that, and the song was a hit. It was a cover, but. It was a hit, so maybe this is me, <laughs> a guy with no hits, saying that, you know, why don't they do this? But it's just the, all those those radio rock bands you were saying, man, they're so freaking boring. That's yeah, my problem. Maybe it's a style I don't like. You know, it's fine if it's a style I'm not into. But, you know, I'm not necessarily into metal, but I can hear Dillinger Escape Plan and be like, that's badass. That's really cool. Right. Like, that's no, interesting, no, a- you know? It's certainly a, it's 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 style aside. It's objectively stale, like no. or, yeah. or 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 emotion or like you know manufactured is a great yes. is a great term for it. And it's yeah. like I think that you know in industrial music or even any sort of electronic forward music could fall into that really easily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like so then so then then don't <laughs> then well, don't do that like be be a nine inch nails or be yeah. a uh, apex twin or like be a be something that offers something to it and 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 orgy was was even, not that uh, even <laughs> long term even within its own genre which like it feels so safe you know what I mean? Like even the name Candy Ass sounds like a thirty-year-old trying to be edgy to a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not right. like when you're listening to this. Like I guess this is the thing that I had to think about. Is like they're on the Family Values tour at the time that this song comes out, and like regardless of your opinions of any of these artists, Incubus, Remstein, Ice Cube, Limp Bizkit, and Corn, and like right. I would argue that all of those artists, whether you like them or not, have a a sound that will grab you. Like this is Limp Bizkit $3 bill y'all era where it's like, yeah. oh, this doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. This is Corn just about to put out Follow the Leader where it's like, this doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. This is Remstein where you're like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> Orgy comes out on stage. The, the opening band. <laughs> it's, it's kicking off the show and you're like, Revisionist oh. history. <laughs> But then I also think about what was coming out that same year. Like, I don't like Power Man 5000 or Static X, but this is also the same year as Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. Like, this feels so Mm -hmm. tame compared to those other bands. And then a year later, you're having Mudvayne put out Dig. And, like, I don't know how to feel about that song, but I remember the second I heard that song and saw that video, it was burned into my brain because it was so out there. Like right. this, I think Chris, you're right. This just everything about this album really does feel like an album put together by a committee that was like, if corns for the high schoolers, we got to make a band that's like the middle school version to get kids yeah. into Family Values tour to like listen to these other bands. Bro, worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Worked for me. Do you guys have a favorite one-hit wonder that is a cover? Do you guys have a favorite? Oh, that's a 
Good question. I, I've seen. I remember I mean, this conversation happening in the Facebook group. Tor, uh, Torn was one, point, right? Was Torn one? Torn was technically a cover, but I feel like that. I think that's different than this because Torn was like her covering a song that wasn't really famous. I feel like this is way more comparable to like Save Ferris doing Come On Eileen, where it was already a super established mm-hmm. song. I would say. I mean, I'm putting I, on the spot. No, no, no. no. But, but I push back sometimes on this band being a one-hit wonder, even though they probably, by every stretch of the imagination, are. I think Alien Ant Farm's cover of S- Smooth Criminal was really yeah. good. I, it it did something interesting with with a song, whereas like I think that Blue Monday Orgy is very comparable to Save Ferris's Come On Eileen, where it's like they really didn't do that much to change up the original construction of the song to begin with. They just kind of played it their style. So like for Save Ferris, it was like, we added some horns, but like otherwise that song is pretty much a spot on cover just with horns and a female vocalist. And this is just like a slightly more angry version, but like they're not like doing it much faster than the original one. They're just putting... It's, just it's hard inferior, to explain. It's just an inferior version to the original. That's my problem. It's a copy here. of a copy is almost yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, New Order is amazing. New Order's great. They're so there's awesome. Like, I, true, I, And there's some great songs that people, like True Faith. I think True Faith by awesome New Order song. is such a great song. Awesome song. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say something. Yeah. I'm going to say something a little blasphemous, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase a friend of mine who once told me, uh, I don't know the difference between apes, monkeys, and gorillas. And at this point, I don't want to know. Um, so I'm going to say the same thing. I don't know the difference between New Order, Joy Division, the Smiths. And at this point, I don't know if I want to know. Well, and I know that's blasphemous. Well, that, it, um, th- there's very, well, first of all, New Order came from the ashes of um, Joy Division. Joy Division. Yeah. Okay. After Ian's suicide, they went on to form okay. New Order. So there is okay. a crossover there. The the Smiths are a lot less electronic. Yeah. I mean, they did have okay. little elements, especially in their best song, but um, they were more yeah. of like a rock band. Yeah, good. And I did. And I did, the the fact of the matter is, I do actually want to know. I just I, I hate to <laughs> yeah. I hate to admit that I don't know a thing. So continue uh, telling me about the uh, about New Order's greatness. Well, uh, they were just because I don't know shit. They're just they're elect very electronic forward band like they're mm. very they're very 80s they are like one yeah. of the quintessential sound of the 80s bands i think they're cool, cool. They're, they're unique they're original whether people are going to like them i mean his vocal delivery is an acquired taste on some of those songs but i like it i think it's interesting and yeah. um i think they're a great i band. mean Dev, if you haven't heard the original check that out i mean of their big singles like i said true faith is a really great song bizarre love triangle is like just a masterpiece of a song and then there's a ton of deep cuts i'm looking at i you know i do know ceremony and temptation and okay so i know a little bit more than i think i realize but i just they were never formative for me you know what i mean so it's like i just never i never had their my my, their my legitimate fandom of new order came from constantly loving songs and then finding out they were covers of new order songs yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like repeatedly temptation <laughs> yeah 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 i was yeah, like yeah. oh okay that's that was a really good cover i guess i'll check out the original and then being like yep oh, okay this is better this is better. <laughs> this is the better version of that <laughs> <laughs> you know uh kyle you brought up a good comparison early the earlier the faint is such a band that i feel like 
is in the same lane using those, I don't know if you call the faint industrial, but they're definitely on the borderline of it. And mm-hmm. they're so interesting. Yeah. It just feels like art, and this feels like major label cor- commerce, corporate. truly. It, art versus commerce. It feels cor- yeah, it feels like corporate as hell. Hey, the only thing I can say is that maybe these guys, <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing I can say about Orgy. Maybe these guys are nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we can that's hope all, for. That's all. Look, and very, maybe they don't deserve I very this. quickly realized in the recording of this that I will not be tagging their... Uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> their social don't. media handles on this don't. one. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't do hard pass. You know, but, well, the thing is, is that, like if there's only the one guy left... Like, and everybody went on to do other projects. Everybody was already doing other projects before Orgy. Orgy's just another... Just another thing, right? I'm going to try to think of some other positive things to say about Orgy. How about this? They all seem like they play their instruments adequately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or else they wouldn't be in Orgy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uh, Singers seems to sing um, on key, on pitch. When I think of Blue Monday, I think of the Orgy version first. Oh, okay. And that's... um, that's not helpful. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that's not nice. It's, but it's it's legitimate. They got ten bucks from my dad once. There you go for a poster. <laughs> <laughs> their their music videos look pretty cool. Yeah, that's Stitches was sick. Stitches looks that video looks really great minus the way the band looks in it. I mean, do we have to ask the question? I feel like we kind of know what we're all gonna. I say. mean, the- I'm gonna say thunder. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say that it's like you don't even need to say it because it's just a. It might be the first sort of where it's just a fact. No, it's, <laughs> it, admittedly, like uh, personally, in my heart, I have a soft spot for it, but objectively and just clearly, as we've been talking about it, it, it might you know where I stand too. It's just not it. It ain't it. It ain't it. Kyle, real quick. And this is going to come out the last week of September. Uh, you've got a short film that's like just showing up on all different types of film festivals. Anything that the One Hit Thunder listeners uh, should know about? Any shows coming in October or November? It's a good uh, spooky yeah. Christmas Halloween combo there. Yeah, yeah. I did a short called The Woodsman, um, which is a short about a Christmas tree salesperson trying to sell his last trees from his lot on Christmas Eve. And as the night goes on, he becomes more and more anxious and drunk. And it's just a really, it's a debacle for him. And it's it's very sort of like Tales from the Crypty on uh, like less than $5,000 budget. But we are screening a bunch of places in October. We're at the Charlotte Film Festival in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are going to be at the Hex After Dark Film Festival in Calgary, Knoxville Horror Fest in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Sin City Horror Fest in Vegas. Uh, if you just go to kylecookta.com, you'll find all the, um, the dates. Um, and then I won't I won't shut up about it on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram at krcookta, you'll you'll see it all. It's 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 fairly obnoxious, but also it's very exciting for me. So you'll just have to deal until the festival runs over. Congratulations, man! That's badass. Thanks, dude. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been cool to hear people uh, dig on it because uh, it, it could have been could have just been another thing. Uh, yeah. But we did it, and people dig it. So that's awesome. Nice. And uh, listeners, if you're enjoying this chat with Kyle go over to patreon.com backslash OHT podcast because I don't know, maybe Kyle can give Chris some uh, good October Halloween recom- movie oh, recommendations. I love that idea. And Kyle, <laughs> as a horror movie night listener, what are you drinking over there? 
so I did actually have I a, a listener of Horror Movie Night gifted me a blue raspberry me. Wow. But uh, wow. as we are recording this, this is the first of three things I'm going to record tonight, <laughs> and I could not crack open the me oh, okay. as it is very it is very heavy. Gotcha. Um, but that is what I would have paired with this, and I was really contemplating it. <laughs> so I will just say that that is what I'm drinking and not okay. tell you what I'm actually okay, drinking, cool. which has zero blue Monday in it or zero orgy, zero candy ass. Gotcha. At all. <laughs> you could have drank a Pabst Blue Ribbon. That would have worked. You know I would have loved <laughs> yeah. to, too. <laughs> Shake off your past mistakes. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing the Punchline song Let It Rise off their album Thrilled. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and upcoming news. Also, we're on Patreon. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hi, this is Paul Phelps. And this is Monica Strutt. And we're from the Daily Music Business Podcast. We're joined by a number of other really great hosts in creating daily content with great advice for independent musicians just like you. That's right. We put out episodes daily on all topics from music marketing to branding, advice on signing with a manager and label and anything else you need to up-level the business side of your music career. We've got it covered. Subscribe to the Daily Music Business Podcast today on your favorite podcast catcher. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform.